Welcome to the Pilot Boys podcast. It is playoff season. Interesting finals, uh, Western and Eastern Conference finals. Completely unpredictable with the seven and number eight seed in them. Um, but you know we're going to be talking all things, all things NBA today on today's episode. Uh, we got four teams left standing. Uh, a lot of other storylines going on in the NBA, including uh, John Morant trying to determine if he wants to be a gangster or a basketball player. Um, it's a deep internal struggle that man is facing right now, uh, along with all of the playoff storylines, including what happened last night or yesterday afternoon on Mother's Day with... Uh, the Celtics and Sixers. Let's start there with the Celtics and Sixers series. Ga- series went to seven games, obviously, but the storyline was the same as it always is. The Celtics own the Sixers. Doc Rivers can't get it done in closeout games. Two more opportunities in this series with game six and game seven and playoff Harden. Uh, reared his ugly head as well. Um, Pretty much everything that could possibly go wrong for the Sixers went wrong in this game. It was over by the third quarter. Jason Tatum had the greatest Game 7 finals, uh, Game 7 performance of all time, uh, topping Steph Curry's performance by one point uh, earlier, earlier in this playoff series. But let's talk about this series first. Uh, let's talk about the Celtics. Um, if you were really evaluating this series, I mean, I think you guys would agree that the Celtics on paper were supposed to win this series probably in less than seven games, but it didn't seem like the Celtics really became the Celtics until that fourth quarter of game six, and that carried over to game seven, and they blew the Sixers out in, in not even competitive fashion. Yeah, man. I mean, I agree. I, I agree completely. Like, I think the the big thing was with the Celtics, would they wake up? Would they not wake up? Right. And with the Sixers, I think we should get to the Sixers in a second. But <laughs> with the Celtics, it was nice yeah. to see Jason Tatum show <laughs> up. He had 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 like not a lot of like his level type of performances in a while. And I think there was, you know, whatever, whatever it took to get him going. I'm glad he's going now because I think it's going to carry through this entire next series that they're about to play. Um, I thought overall that we saw, um, we saw the team mesh and gel in the same kind of way we've seen them do it in runs in the past. And so it makes it pretty convincing to me that this, the team we're probably going to see in the finals on that side. But I do want to address the um, doc rivers thing too. Like I, I cannot fathom like, May and maybe they overperformed here, right? But I cannot fathom how his teams are so consistent at giving up leads. Like I, I don't know what is going on. And one thing I didn't realize, which I, I was researching about, is that in his Boston championship win, 
he actually had Tom Thibodeau as an assistant coach. And I didn't know that. And it really makes me question whether he's even a good coach at all. I mean, he he had all the help he could possibly need that season to win, you know, and it's really interesting because ever since I've seen him being a coach, I've only really saw him lose like <laughs> he's fumbled the bag almost every time I've watched yeah, him. Honestly, with good teams. And yeah, that's like, yeah, with with really well built, well built teams. And I don't know how he keeps fumbling the bag, but it has definitely has something to do with his coaching because the talent is definitely there on all those teams, even on this, even on this team. I mean, they had Embiid, they had Harden. I don't know. And how do you go out in a game seven, those two guys with a total of like 24 points between the two of them? Like if it's any other, (laughs) he just wasn't able to make the changes. Any other star is going to, is going to go out shooting like 35 shots like Tatum shot. You know what I'm saying? And these guys shot like, I think Embiid was like yeah, five for 14. Yeah. I mean, the game was over in the third quarter. Yeah. Embiid. I mean, you can never fault Embiid for his effort um, because even when he's not shooting, uh, he's their most impactful player on defense. You didn't sense that he was a guy that was quitting on the court, but by the time the third quarter started and they got up 30 points, it was like, what the hell was he going to do? They were going to have to shoot threes. Right. Um, but, you know, Doc Rivers and, and and James Harden are like essentially the coaches and players' version of each other because when it comes to important, valuable games, and the reason that I think a lot of folks are hard on James Harden is because he is so amazingly good in every game that doesn't mean anything. But then the moment that a game is meaningful, he can't perform. And I think that's very similar for Doc Rivers. His teams always get there, right? He gets to the point where his teams are in position to eliminate another team or make the finals. Um, But he doesn't know how to perform in big moments or coach in big games that really matter. And I think the same is true if you look at James Harden's career very very similar i mean the rockets the rockets needed him to perform in one game when chris paul went out they were up 3-1 i believe on the warriors um or 3-2 i can't remember i can't remember um but they literally needed to get one game and they couldn't get it with the chris paul injury same thing in okc when they played the heat he just completely disappeared in that finals like it's it's a pattern now, and again it goes back to the Sixers and um, Daryl Morey having this obsession with James Harden um, that is quite inexplicable when you say that this is a guy that only only evaluates teams on analytics. He got rid of Jimmy Butler chose Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. I don't know if you guys saw the clip going around uh, of Jimmy Butler leaving leaving game and series last year when the Heat took out the Sixers. He's saying, literally, audibly saying, you guys chose Tobias Harris over me? <laughs> yeah, that clip, that clip is hilarious. He, he's just like, 
how how could yeah. you do that? Like, and I and agree. That's, how and that's you? the issue that I think a lot of folks and Jimmy Butler's and others have with guys like Daryl Moore. Yeah, you can you can evaluate analytics all you want, but if you don't understand psychology and heart. And that's the thing. Maury's not really a guy that understands that aspect of it. The heart and spirit is just as important as what you fill the stat line with. And he consistently brings this guy around who, in moments that matter, doesn't have the heart um, to do what he needs to do like Jason Tatum did in Game 6, having a terrible game, but knew his team needed him and was able to turn it on and close the game out. James Harden just doesn't have that. And at this point, it's it's like the guys made $500 million or so in the NBA. So this isn't just being hard on him. It's just being an, honestly evaluating, saying he's not worth the price of admission as an elite player. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Philly in general, it's like it's a team that even when they won those games, you could see that they still weren't even playing to their potential as a team. It just feels like. The culture there is bad. Doesn't really feel like there's buy-in to to get to that higher level. I think everyone just has to want to win for each other. You know, that's the interesting thing with the Celtics is that this is this core has been together for so long. They're and they're used to winning together. They haven't won the whole thing yet, but they've had really, really great and very consistent playoff performance with very deep runs consistently. And this core, especially Tatum and Brown. I've experienced so many of those LeBron runs like they've they've really like been challenged by the best of them in each of those playoff runs. So I think if there was a core from the East that is ready to be championship caliber, it's got to be the Celtics. But I think the Sixers like we've never even seen them like play their best and then lose. And like at that point, can you really even learn anything as an organization? You know, it's always some injury or some some this thing or that thing or this year just like lack of heart maybe or whatever that was at the end of that game it's, like <laughs> it's personnel decisions right because that's the thing about being the gm of an organization is that <clears throat> the whole trust the process thing has gone terribly wrong for them right like you know <laughs> the picks that they got the players that they chose the players that they passed up the uh, decisions they've made with free agency, right? Like you can study players like Ben Simmons. It's not hard to sense that that guy doesn't have heart. It's not hard to um, evaluate Tobias Harris and say, he's a really good player, but is he a dog? Probably not, you know? Um, And the same with James Harden. Like, the guy is a very quiet player. He's a great player. I'm not going to take away from his talent, but I wouldn't want him on my team if I was in trying to win a championship. That's not the guy that I want on my team, you know? Right. He just doesn't have that, that like same drive. I mean, like you see him, right? Like he's just like trapping out in like a strip club after like a game and like spending his time rather than like training and getting into form he's just like out here fucking around and i mean that is like telltale signs of someone who's not going to carry you to the to get a chip you know like that that person's probably not going to get you there if they're not putting their head down and actually like 
going at it. And I don't see him. I mean, obviously he, he practices, but like, I just don't see him having the same heart as like someone like Kobe or someone like Jordan or any, anyone who's actually like won a chip. Yeah, totally. You know, and I mean, like, I just don't see it from Harden. Mm-hmm. And just taking it forward into um, the series against the Heat, though, I think the Celtics definitely cannot drop their guard at all because the Heat, despite being super banged up in this most most recent round, if you look at the team that they were in the first round when they were all healthy, specifically Jimmy Butler, who's had probably the biggest change in what his ability on the floor has been from the first round to the second round. If you get a healthy Jimmy Butler and a few of these guys are a little less banged up after after their last series, the Celtics are really going to have to be concerned because the Heat are a team that can get really streaky. And if you let them, you know, get one of these first couple games and build some momentum off of it, I think it could it could easily take this to a seven game series. Yeah, the the only way the Boston Celtics lose is if the Boston Celtics beat themselves. This series should not be very competitive. I think it should be over before seven, uh, probably in five or six. The NBA needs its ratings, so it'll probably be six. Um, <laughs> but I, it, it's just a, a bad matchup for this Heat team. Um, but you know, the X there are a couple X factors that can help them out. One is the coaching experience and differential between Spolstra um, <clears throat> and Missoula. Um, those are that's that's one thing that could hurt. And then the X the other X factor being Jimmy Butler. You know, just going Jimmy Butler on on the series consistently, but it seems like he's dealing with a little bit of an injury. The uh, coaching the is, a, is a great call out there, V. Like definitely, yeah. definitely, like Spolstra is, is a a great coach who's not recognized enough for how great of a coach he is compared to a first year coach, right? In Missoula. Yeah. And then the Celtics history, right? They've been the best team in the East in terms of talent for several years now. They got to the finals finally last year, but in the finals, they didn't show up. And that's the same thing that we're seeing in this playoffs is it's like none of these series should have gone as long as they did, but you see the Celtics and for periods of games just kind of like hitting cruise control, giving up big leads, right. you know, uh, having games right. in hand and the game just going away. Like, that, to your point, Parthur, that's how they, they could lose this series is if they beat themselves. And if if the, the Heat make the adjustments from game to day, game and Missoula doesn't make the necessary in-game adjustments, um, that's the big difference between great coaches and good and, and average coaches. It's not everybody can make adjustments between games when you look back the game before, but can you see a team doing something in the first half and in the second half be able to adjust and, and shut that down? Yeah. Yeah. And um, right. if you guys are looking at this series, uh, what are your what are your predictions on how it'll play out? Um, when I look at the Celtics and the Heat, I honestly think that the Celtics have it in the bag, as V, v and you were talking about. Um, I definitely think that Jimmy Butler is a big, big factor in all of this. And if he can turn up the Heat, <laughs> like he can actually like make a huge difference in the series, I think. But I really don't believe 
that he has the ability by himself to defeat the Celtics. And I do think that it's just like the Celtics screwing themselves over if they do lose this series. But in my head, I see the Celtics winning in like five. I see I see the I see the Heat getting a game on them. But I do see I do see the Celtics just getting the dub. Um maybe if they wanted to milk it, as you said, I don't know, six. But yeah. It's it's gonna be the Celtics for sure. And then I Yeah, yeah and you have yeah, uh, Celtics. You already said Celtics in six V. You said yeah, in five. I mean, my heart, my heart is always with Jimmy Buckets. You know, I want to. <laughs> yeah, it's always yeah. going to forever, forever be with Jimmy Buckets. But I just, All I just of, don't see the difference between this series and the prior two series is that in the Buck series, Budenholzer got fired because he never put Giannis on Jimmy Butler. In this series, Jimmy Butler is going to have to defend Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum throughout the game and then on the flip side the Celtics can throw multiple defenders they can throw Tatum at him they can throw Brown at him they can throw Smart Smart. at him they can throw Brogdon at him so they can give him multiple looks and really really exhaust him and that's the fear here is who are the others right Bam Adebayo isn't a guy that can really create a shot for himself and the other guys are playing at a, a amazing level and they're playing playing great team basketball but you're you're facing a team that's just just got too much talent yeah i agree with you guys Um, right and it's just jimmy yeah well i i agree with you guys in general i think this boston team is so freaking talented i thought they should have won it the last couple years too and was disappointed they didn't um but because i i think that Jimmy is tapped into some different type of shit this year. I'm going to go heat in seven. Keep things interesting on the pod here. Ooh. I think that if we see the Celtics make that step up and really perform at the level we think they can, this will be the start of a bunch of Celtics championships. But I'm not sure if that uh, that point is upon us yet. That's my uh, that's my pick. But on the on the West, there's a it's it's a pretty interesting and uh, a situation in that it's a repeat of the bubble. Right. This is the exact same thing as 2020. So right. This is the exact that's my same other thing. kind of like you guys have. There's one conspiracy theory, right? Lakers Celtics. But the other one is what if it's like kind of just a weird bubble coincidence type of year? What if it's just going to be like a. A repeat of that, in a sense. Um, you know, the West is very different, though. To solidify. Yeah, this Denver team is very different than the bubble right. Denver team. You've got my, Michael Porter Jr. has gotten a lot better. You've got Aaron Gordon on that team now. Bruce Brown, who was on the Nets and has come over and found an, a hugely impactful role off the bench. Um, this Nuggets team is no joke. Jokic obviously is playing at an insane level. And, you know, I, I, I was very much about Joel Embiid getting MVP. But after this, like, playoffs, I'm just like, yo, like, Jokic is an infinitely superior player to Joel Embiid, and it's not even close. And it's just his basketball IQ, it's the way he moves the ball around the floor, it's the ease at which he does it, his shooting ability, he stretches the floor so well. And then Denver's front office has just done an incredible job building to his talents. Like, I bet LeBron has been watching this and is just like, 
this is what I always wish someone had done around me. And I, I just, I think it's brilliant. I get I think they've perfectly put the team together. The Lakers are kind of like a ragtag bunch of misfits all kind of around a common goal. And that makes me want to root for them because they're like the underdog team. They're like the common, the common man, you know, this kind of slapped together last minute, a bunch of little, like, yeah, we all love D low. Cause he played at Ohio state. You know, we love LeBron cause he's from Ohio. <laughs> we love AD cause he wears lasso socks. You know what I'm saying? Like we got, we got our, like, we got our people in this, in this group that, you know, we, we root for, and I, that just makes me love the Lakers. And I think they've got like kind of an energy about them. I want to see LeBron like really play some chess this time around. I think that's what this series is going to be about. Um, but I think talent wise, like Denver definitely has the advantage and it's going to come down to uh, schematics like it did against the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, literally, this is the worst possible matchup that the Lakers could face. Um, because of how Denver's team is made up. One guy you didn't mention that was on the other team that is on the Nuggets this season is Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who is playing (laughs) extremely well, has always been a great defensive player, but has also improved quite a bit offensively. Um, He he was on LA in the bubble year. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. He was in the lines. Yeah. yeah. If you look at the matchup, there's nobody that the Lakers can throw at Gordon. Um, there's nobody that they can throw at Michael Porter Jr. D'Lo is not a strong defender. Um, Austin Reeves is probably going to get bodied by by whoever he's guarding. Uh, uh, he's going to have to series. have Jamal Murray. And, like, and then. Only and then LeBron is going to have to play a lot of four. It's going to be He's going to have to play a lot of four. Um, power forward in this series. Um, it doesn't seem like he's at his his optimum health either. AD could get hurt at you know any moment. Um, as we've seen, that's a scary proposition, especially the fact that he's going to have to defend Jokic the majority of the game. He's not going to be able to do what he did against Golden State, which was essentially serve as a safety blanket behind. Um, all of the wing defenders, whenever they got beat, AD was there to save the day. His attention is not good. He's they're not going to be able to roll roll yeah. out that type of defense. He can't compare. Yeah, he right. can't be. A he just can't compare to Jokic. Yeah, yeah right. he can't roll the triple double machine. Like this dude, like he's that big, and he just puts up triple doubles like it's no one's business. Scoring like fifty ten and ten, or like fifty fifteen and like thirteen. This dude is like ridiculous i remember i had him in fantasy like two or three years ago and had the highest points every time beat all my friends just because i had Jokic. he was just so good he was just too good yeah. until the end when he couldn't push to the playoffs but yeah that's the thing that was that was back when you're then. playing defense against a guy like that and you're also expected to be the best offensive player on your team it's a huge challenge and i just don't see the lakers winning this series um um it's been a great run for them but this again is a series again there were one team obviously you never want to underestimate lebron um but this is a team the nuggets who have also kind of gone through the same process as the celtics have for the last five six years where the team has always been one of the best teams but it seems like this 
is the year that they are the best team in the West. They've shown it through the first two rounds. They have an opportunity to show it again. Um, we'll see how the officiating plays out because if the officials call fouls on the Nuggets the way that they were calling them on the Warriors, then I think uh, the Lakers definitely have a shot. Um, but outside of absent that, I mean, you can't, you don't see the matchup because the Lakers aren't a great shooting team. They're not a great transition defense team. Um, again, like you said, it's been great, but again, they've only played like 20 games to 30 games together, probably including the playoffs. It's a, it's, it's a Herculean task for them to beat this team. Now with that said, and you guys always know this, the Nuggets choke or show their inexperience. Jamal Murray doesn't play like Bubble Murray. Michael Porter shows his inexperience. You know, then the Lakers have a shot. That's what this is going to – that's their only you shot know, is the fact that they have so much more experience and championship pedigree than this team. I, I actually kind of see it happening that way. I, uh, I'm a big LeBron fan, but uh, past that, I just think that this year is just the Lakers year. It's just LeBron's year. Um, not only do I think that, but I just see it being a Lakers Celtics throwback as the com- conspiracies kind of state. Like I can see the officiating being a little, little edgy here and there, you know, <laughs> just like the Warriors. I can see it happening to the Nuggets. And then if they do end up choking on top of a little bit of, rigged uh like ref refing then it's just going to be difficult well i'd say and i can see the lakers winning and taking it taking it in the lakers celtics finals i can definitely see that yeah i think i think one of the interesting things with the lakers is <laughs> if they were to do a small ball lineup like miami's team did against the Spurs those many years in a row and if they were to do it successfully I saw some footage of LeBron getting up a ton of threes with Austin Reeves and it just reminded me of how you can sometimes use small ball the same way the Warriors have to keep bigs off the floor and to be able to you know you have AD who's not maybe the best three-point shooter but can stretch and can make a corner three from time to time uh Jokic obviously being a better shooter I don't know. I see some some possibility. Denver also doesn't have as deep of shooting threats as the Warriors, so it keeps AD closer to the paint. Um, a lot of the loads on him for defense, however, a lot of lo- the loads on him. Period. And I think, like to you, both you guys have called this out, uh, you know, quite well. That that is the thing that's going to be really challenging. Does he get into foul trouble early? You know, what does that look like in these games? Do the Lakers stay disciplined, and then do do their supporting talent show up? Does D'Lo have, you know, one of seven games that he's like great for, or is he going to be, you know, great for several of them? And that will that be in sync with the other teammates as well? Um, So it's going to be challenging, I think, for the Lakers if they want to win it. My heart wants obviously Lakers heat, but, uh, you know, my my brain says Denver is by far the best team in the West. And if they have that ability to like accept their greatness and like actually want to win, they're going to win. If those players, like you guys are saying are not at that point yet mentally, they're not, 
they're not going to win this series. But it's 100% theirs to lose, just like it is Boston's. And if both teams make that step up, I would love to see Denver play Boston in the finals because it would be physical. Everyone would be super talented. I think they have the two best rosters in the NBA in terms of the right type of players for today's play style. It would be a great series. It'd be a physical series. It'd be a tough one. So to me, that's probably the best product that they would put on the field. But the fans probably, you know, would pay the most for the Lakers Celtics. I mean, it would drive the best TV ratings. One other factor um, that needs to be mentioned is that um, is that four of these games are going to be in Denver at altitude as well. Um, And you're talking about a veteran uh, kind of injury. LeBron is is pretty long in the tooth. AD as well has been out for stretches of the season. Um, conditioning may play a factor in this series as well because anytime you have to go from altitude um, to non-altitude, um, it's a challenge, especially over the course of a series and the travel that's involved. Um, it does become a challenge. You you guys know this anytime you go to altitude uh, places, just even walking. You know what I mean? You feel the difference. Um, These are obviously super well-conditioned athletes, but that is going to be a factor in this series as well. Yeah, they still feel it just like we do. That's the reality. They're not robots. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'll I'll start out with calls. I got got Denver and seven on this one. Um, you know, I, I like definitely have to agree with your take, but it's just not in the script. So I'm going to have to go Lakers and seven. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I, I, hope I so can't too. make decisions on, uh, uh, inexplicable variables that are beyond, con- beyond <laughs> my control. So I've got the nuggets in six. All right. I mean. I'll take that on me. Yeah. I'll take that on me. <laughs> I, think, I mean, I think I think we have some, take that some good picks here. Like overall, this year's playoffs has been maybe not like no one's really been like that talented. You know, overall, there's been a couple injuries that have kind of hampered teams. But it's interesting. Like there's no real clear best team. There's no real clear winner. It's been pretty fascinating. Um, you know, let's let's also mention while while we're all on, um, let's talk about Ja, who was shown in his friend's <laughs> Instagram live flashing a gun. Um, oh my in a God. car to, to what is this? The second and third time? Yeah, I think it's like, like did that just happen in two the days? The second time, and was there like no, no, it's the same one. You're thinking of one thing, but um, okay, okay, got you, got you. Yeah, obviously, like. It's it's tough because he's such a talented player. You want you want to see him like he's in a position where the kids love him. Like the gritty is a huge thing because of him. Like he's he's a leader for a lot of young people and an inspiring figure. He's an underdog. You love his story. You love seeing him come up. He's got an amazing style of play that you want to watch. You want to consume it. And it's like at the same time, like it's not even the fact that he's holding a gun. Like that's the thing to me about the situation is like with, with all the shootings, with all the things that are going on, like I think it's more about the fact that he's using a gun unsafely in the way he's demonstrating it. And that's not the example to be set in visually 
in front of children that are looking up to you. And I just think like that, that to me is like the disappointing thing is like, as a fan, like I don't really care much about the NBA's brand or all the dollars involved in this. I care more about like, what are we showing all these kids that are watching these players and trying to be like them that you're supposed to do when you found success? Cause this is not it. Like you're not supposed to become more violent, become more paranoid. Like you're supposed to enjoy your life and do, do the, enjoy the pleasures of life and, you know, do the healing and do the work you need to do on yourself. And I think it's obvious like he's, he's a kid, but you know, at the same time, it, it, you, you would hope that the folks around him who are profiting off of his success are taking the time to actually make sure that they're listening to what's going on with him and supporting him through his journey so that he's able to stay on, on this you know, incredible path that's laid out for him. Yeah, I mean, literally, I think he heard Jay Cole say, I'm John Morant, I'm on my Grizzly, and felt like he needed to represent uh, represent uh, a certain character. Um, and I think also, like, being in this town like Memphis, I think everybody knows how violent of a city is. Some of this, if you are going to be out, you are going to be around in Memphis. Uh, you do need to surround yourself um, and protect yourself at all times. Now, the, the way that you take on that protection um, needs to be different. Um, and then also who you surround yourself, because I'm hearing a lot of stories and about the, the guy who's recording this video, who recorded the first video, um, is also the guy who got banned um, from the Memphis Grizzlies arena because he came on the court trying to fight some Pacers players, supposedly pointed a, uh, a red dot uh, laser beam from a gun at the Pacers team bus and has been banned. But he's the same guy in this video. Um, and so now you can say, but he's not the guy brandishing a gun, though. It's Ja Morant. So Ja can't just say, we can't just dismiss it and say, you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people. This is a Ja Morant issue. You are ultimately accountable for your own life and your own decisions. And when you have the most to lose, you have to be the most careful. And it seems like he is the most reckless, despite having the most to lose. And I think it's well within the NBA's rights and the Memphis Grizzlies' rights to say, hey, this isn't what we want to represent the Memphis Grizzlies. We represent the whole entire city. We represent the community. There's a lot of violence in this city. We can't have our basketball players do this. doesn't matter that he was in illegal to carry state. Nothing he did was illegal. But it's the like you said, part of the way that he's brandishing the gun, the recklessness, and then the consistent promotion of this lifestyle that he didn't even live. This isn't how he grew up. This isn't. This right. isn't. He went to a private school. And this, like yeah, yeah, and he's glorifying like him and his gun as if he like does something with it, other than like uses it to protect himself and that's kind of where it gets me because like it's like yeah you use it to protect yourself but like at the same time why would you just wave it around like that but it also goes with the whole situation of like who do you surround yourself with but in no means is what he did correct but at the same time when you have 
bad friends, you got to be looking out for yourself um, as well. Cause that, that dude definitely isn't a good influence. It seems on him. I mean, he was the one who, as you, as V said, like pointed the gun at the Pacers players. That's kind of ridiculous. And he's the same dude now exposing him basically. Right. Like he's exposing Ja because he has a lot to lose and this dude has nothing to lose. So it's really interesting because he should definitely understand that he has a lot to lose. Um, And when you have a lot to lose, like you actually got to be on your shit. Like you can't, you can't be fucking around at the end of the day. It doesn't matter who you're surrounding yourself with. You can't just pull out your gun and just flash it around unless you're threatened and you're in a situation that's completely different. But he just wasn't, he's just not upholding like, yeah, he's just not upholding his duties when he has a platform of being himself. And you know, you know, being such a caliber star. And you know what else, bro? Uh Like if, if there's other ways to show that people shouldn't fuck with you, like Keanu Reeves, I know never to fuck with Keanu Reeves because he posts all these videos of him doing all this military (laughs) style training in the desert. Like you already know, like you see that shit and you're like, all right, bet. Like you're like that. I get it. That's cool. Also, it's not you it's good. not in a thirsty way, right? Like the way Jaw does it is in a thirsty way. And it's weird. It's like weirdly thirsty to like try and prove that you're dangerous he because clout. he's not dangerous because he's scared. But realistically, if he were to like actually want to show that he's dangerous, he just show how great of a shot he is at the range or he could go like there's hunting is in Tennessee. A lot of people go hunting like there's you could use guns in that way. And it would you know, be totally fine. Jaws actually, Jaws actually a very dangerous dude. Have you ever seen him charge at another player that's like three times his size, and he just jumps over him and then tries to put it in regardless? He's a fearless yeah. dude, and like that that alone is enough to like not fuck with Ja. You don't you don't need to go pull out your gun, no, bro. Like I'll, that's I'll unnecessary. We understand you're y'all, about it. Y'all like, saw Zuckerberg just uh-huh. won a jujitsu tournament. Oh my God. He, yeah. He, yeah. I also actually saw another video where, uh, he talked to the judge to get a rematch. So like the judge changed the score cause Zuckerberg went and talked to him so he could get a rematch with the dude in another tournament. I don't think it's the same one that he like, won, that's, but that that's was just another shit. tournament, but he's a yeah, dog. That's some he's shit. A dog. You see that? Anyone sees that yeah. and they're like, okay, respect. Like you're, you're like that. Well, this, yeah. this isn't, yeah, yeah, it's like, this isn't, this has nothing nothing to do with all that. I think this is a young kid who's being adversely impacted by the content that he consumes and the culture that he himself is surrounding himself with. Because what's so unfortunate about this is that the NBA and even the NFL um, has driven a lot of this out of the league. NBA players don't surround themselves with this. You don't hear about um, gun violence or, or any of these issues that you heard about 15 to 20 years ago. And he's basically single-handedly um, creating bad publicity and bringing a lot of those issues to light. And it's a reflection of him. But if he, would, if he were, to be honest, he's reflecting very poorly on, on the NBA community as a whole. Um, and the work that has been done um, to to 
by the players, by the unions, by the teams to make sure that is fan friendly um, and kid friendly. And I actually will applaud the Memphis Grizzlies if they suspend him for a whole season. I don't think they will because winning comes first always. Um, but they'll do enough here. They'll they'll suspend him twenty to thirty games. And what's yeah. so funny about that is when you add up the number, you're talking about probably fifteen million dollars, um, fifteen to twenty million dollars between the suspension this year and the suspension next year. That's enough money to pay for armed security um, for the rest of his life. You know, um, yeah, the, and and some. And yeah, so, and I, no I was doubt. listening to the Gilbert Arenas podcast, and he had like a really good uh, solution that I just wanted to tell you guys and get, see if you had a reaction to it. But he said that Josh should basically go completely underground all summer. He should hire bodyguards, but only hire female bodyguards so that he doesn't come across like a thug. And he said the day before training camp when they're doing media day, he should show up with all his braids shaved off with like a clean fade. And a completely different look so that the whole narrative about him can flip. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's all, Gilbert Arenas, that's great <laughs> entertainment value for sure. Um, I mean, Gilbert yeah. Arenas kind of had some, some similar issues in his, uh, in, in his background that he's, he's recovered from. Uh, but <laughs> I think, John Morant did what he needed. Didn't he go to like some like sensitivity training? Yeah, <laughs> dude, he went to some bullshit. I don't, I don't he know. He went what. to like a fucking, he went to a, a yeah. rehab center. No, yeah. I, I yeah. shit you not. He went to a rehabilitation facility and this dude still is doing the exact same shit. I, I'm, I'm honestly baffled. That's why it's, 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 it's you feel sad because you realize it's actually a behavioral psychological issue a maturity immaturity issue right um that's deeply rooted in something it goes beyond when things this illogical happen it's something that's that's deeper (laughs) than surface level it's not just that he's a dummy i mean he he has some complex for sure where he feels inferior to have to show his superiority i I assume like i don't know it's just an assumption there's this meme going around on reddit they're basically saying, dang, we lost the next two stars of the NBA to the two most American things in the world, obesity and guns, with Zion and John. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> you know, that's that, actually yeah, super it, funny. It's, super, it's hilarious. And even <laughs> when you talk about it in the, in the backdrop, in the landscape of the shit that's going on with the most recent shooting happening at the mall, like... Dude, what do you what what is cool about waving a gun when you're you're a hundred millionaire right. and and what like <laughs> you think it's gonna you get in a shootout and die like your entire family's what's keep future is my question is what's right <laughs> but like my question is what's keeping you there what's keeping you in that in that like state of mind like what I sorry what pushed him there like like. I don't know how he that's, went that's from like just having me. a life that like bro if 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 your like, dad's courtside for every single start? game and you're still able to do that same shit what kind of relationship is going on there 
And that's you, the other y'all, thing. That's so y'all bad. all know our dads would not let us get away with that shit. Not even like one no, step no, that no, way. No, no, no. I mean, and that's what's so contradictory about this because anybody that knows John Moran's backstory is that the reason he is the type of player he is is because of because the drill sergeant dad. techniques his dad yeah. employed yeah. To, to train him and become. But now that he's got all this money and you've got courtside seats, you can't change who you are and treat your son differently. You still have to treat him the exact same. Uh, But again, this isn't parenting. This isn't anything. We all saw the videos of, you know, that came out. He's a grown um, man. Even when John Morant was in, in high school, making some of these videos to, to some of these songs kind of implying certain things. This is something, a behavior pattern that was probably developing in the background for a while. And, you know, I actually know another kid like this who grew up the same way, went to went to a suburban school um, and now is out of the NFL um, because once he made it to the NFL, he decided that that was who he wanted to embody was something that he never was. Um, Tom Brady. And so that. <laughs> not just kidding it, it, it's 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 something that's it's consistently happening and it's a societal issue as much as anything else right like you know i saw another funny meme going around saying that um the reason that john Morant is doing this is that the NRA is paying all his fines and lost wages so that he continues. <laughs> it wasn't a meme. I made bring, bring the guns it, back. It, it, bring them back, it, baby. It, it, bring them back. Full disclosure, that wasn't a meme. It was something I just made up. I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to be on the group. I, I didn't That's want the NRA, That's, I didn't want the NRA coming after me, but I guess they are now. <laughs> you were like, you're like, let me put this out there, and I'll say it's a meme. So if it's not funny, it's not on me. <laughs> That's what you just did right there. Dude. I that gotta was call perfect. You, out you employed that, that perfectly. Yeah, was, I knew it was I mean, funny. Hey, at least he executed yeah. it well. You know, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, that well, was a, that was a deep. That was deep right there. I know. Um, <laughs> anything else? Anything else we want to talk about while we're on, or are we are we at the end here? I think I think we're coming to a close. I mean, two good good Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals. Um, very interesting that a seven and eight seed are in the conference finals. Um, that's definitely um, amazing. Uh, and also, I mean, the the last thing that I wanted to touch base on was that Doc Rivers is likely going to keep his job with the 76ers while Mike Budenholzer who has an NBA championship (laughs) and Monty Williams who's (laughs) actually made it to the finals in the last couple of years are no longer employed by their teams hey bro Um, I don't understand wow Doc has something because if he got fired here I guarantee you he's the next Phoenix Suns head coach guarantee yeah dude he definitely is just going he's just gonna bounce around he's not out of the league that's him and, him and his son. like i don't know what ties he's he got but he's got ties yeah. that's yeah because yeah, he's keeping he's yeah. keeping his son employed in the nba too you know he's he honestly shocks me because yeah he's got his son in the nba he's still somehow in the nba and isn't like his, he's not even good his daughter and his daughter like, is married to seth curry like he's just 
He's figured it all whoa. out. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Dog, I think this goes deeper than we think. No, it does, because there was a beef. <laughs> I think there this was goes deeper than between, we think. Uh, before Seth Curry married her, she dated Paul George. And Paul George cheated on her oh. with his current lady. And then there's beef between Austin Rivers <laughs> and Paul George a few years back because of that. <laughs> and Seth Curry yeah, and Paul he cheated George. On his yeah, exactly. Wife. So there's or, like a ton of yeah, drama yeah. around the Rivers wow. family. And it's weird. And it's also like Doc Rivers, like even the, the tone he takes during his interviews, he How comes he across helped? like, oh, like we lose all the time. I'm so annoyed with how much we lose. And I'm, I just don't even care anymore. Like, that's his entire energy this year. And people are just like, let's keep this man. <laughs> He's a great leader. We're like, what? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> like, this is clearly up. not the energy of a champion. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> not there's at so, all, there's, bro. There's not something at all. going on there, I think. And, and, and I really, really think that what the Suns did to Monte Williams was really messed up. He, he it was not his fault at all. Like his entire team, yeah. They first of all they traded the entire team for Kevin Durant. <laughs> that was a GM front office decision. That was the big. That was the first and mistake. Then, that the, you, you know what? You know what he did. What he did fail at though, which I, I think is the fair criticism, is that. He never was able to get DeAndre Ayton aligned in the organization, didn't find a better value than him at that position in the opportunities that they had to go for it. And they weren't aggressive enough early on in his tenure to get him out when his value is higher than it is now. So I think like he kind of had a bad hand dealt to him. And I feel like his comments in the playoffs looked like he kind of threw up his hands and it seemed like he almost like permanently burned his bridge with Ayton and made the organization choose. Yeah, there's always behind the scenes things that happen, especially with ownership changes, right? It seems like Matt Ishbia is going to be one of those uh, kind of annoying owners, you know, just you saw what he did to Jokic. Um, You know, I don't know much about him, but it seems like he's an overly aggressive and over, he really wants to be involved and maybe he'll learn um, the way that the Kings owner learned that sometimes you have to let the basketball folks be the basketball folks and you be the owner and you hire the right people versus trying to dictate the decision-making process. Cause and this is what happens with a lot of like ultra wealthy people, business people and entrepreneurs, just because you know how to make billions of dollars doesn't mean you know how to run a, a professional sports organization. And I think that he's, We'll see what happens with this ownership change, but even the trade for Kevin Durant, the the type of value that they gave up, it just seemed like it was an ownership decision, just like this coaching fire. They said that he didn't like Monty Williams from, he was going to fire him if they didn't win a championship, regardless when he came on, that's not the type of coach he wanted um, for the team. He wants the Doc Rivers type, bro. (laughs) He's looking, <laughs> dog. That's why. That's why he's about to go yeah. there, bro. Once he gets fired here, he's about to slide over like, there. How can we be more right. like Philly? Yeah, <laughs> or, or more like the Clippers. <laughs> more like the Clippers, dog. dog. He's like, let me try and mimic oh everything God. that Steve Ballmer did. Watch, watch them hire Steve Nash, the Phoenix legend. <laughs> oh, I mean, my Kevin God, he's not a bad dog. coach. That would be a good move Kevin for the Durant. City. Kevin Durant, Durant would be on, 
would he, be on he, the Warriors in a week. Kevin, <laughs> bro, Kevin Durant, back at the <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, where do you guys think KD's gonna go next? Because we know he's not staying Denver. here. That's the, probably the, that's the, like the Vegas odds are Denver. Denver. Denver? Dude, did you see Denver? Did you see him? He's like already on vacation. I don't know if you guys saw <laughs> no. this, but a fan spotted him on vacation like I think the day after the the his final game. <laughs> like when the Suns lost, I the feel, next day this dude was in like like Cabo or some like, shit. Like he was already done. Yeah, here's like, one thing I will say. As much as people knock <laughs> knock Kevin Durant for the Warriors thing and hate him for that, the one thing I won't do is shit on the guy's work ethic. Uh, he busts his ass at the game of basketball. He stays on the court practicing. He's built a great business empire. Um, there are things that you can that you can be critical of him, uh, but there's nothing wrong with a guy who's busted his ass, been in rehab most of the season. When you lose a tough series, getting on a plane and going to Cabo. Uh, now, if he was doing that yeah, before yeah. game game five. In the middle of the series, then it's questionable. But that's I think KD deserves it. That's the difference between uh, being able to charter your own jet and having to book a flight to Cabo. That's just what you're seeing, Shree. There is wealth. Right, right. You're right. You're absolutely how rich correct. People, he's there because he's there, don't, man. Don't plan. Yep, he's they don't rich. plan a trip. Yeah. They just choose when no. they go somewhere. They're just there. And from yeah. Phoenix to Cabo is only like a two-hour flight. <laughs> so, so yeah, fairly easy. Okay, yeah, no, you're right. It's, you're it's, right. You're absolutely both of you. These guys are, are built different, bro. He's just he's just no, no, super wealthy. Just, can't really can't really complain. People, can't really hate on him for that. People will forever no. find reasons to hate him and criticize him just because of what he did going to the Warriors. And then you know, I didn't hate him. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, okay, I kind of. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of hated him for that. Like I, I, dude, I, I hated him for that. Like are you kidding me? Like he just. No, dude, I I was not. I've never was, been more pissed than when Kevin Durant went to the fucking Warriors after they won. Nah, that was the no, dude. And he left Russell, but it's okay that he left Russell. Okay, I'm not even mad that he Russell. left Russell. It was sad at, at the time, but like, <laughs> but you know, you know, what gets my goat. What gets my goat is that he goes to literally the freaking Warriors. Like, I, I don't, I just don't get it. Like you got Steph Curry, you got Clay, you got Draymond, Draymond, just take Draymond out of there. But like just Steph Curry and Clay is enough for me to say that you don't belong there, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, go pick hey, another team. But, go build around yourself. Go they, build they, with they somebody didn't else. Win but without like, him, I mean, bro, like only one time after he played yeah. there, and he was the MVP both years he played there in the finals. Like they wouldn't want, they wouldn't have won those years without. Look, him. How is it? How is That's it? True. How is it any different than what LeBron did with the? How is it any different? I mean, I, no, you're 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 not wrong. It just it it's just because he beat the at Cavs, the time it came you're a Cavs and fan. since that's the only reason. Exactly, it was a sentiment. It was <laughs> yeah. just a sentiment. I hated him. I hated well, him here, here, to like here, my here. bone. I I it's just because he beat the Cavs, man. Here's Fuck. the reason why that decision. Here's the reason why that decision really bothered me. Right, is that mm-hmm. the Oklahoma City Thunder were up three one to the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, they lost mainly because KD choked later in the series. Yeah. 
And then you don't have the competitive energy to come back and say, oh, we're going to beat this team next year because you really had a team that was up 3-1 on this exact team. And you could have made the finals with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that's what made it the least competitive decision I've ever seen from a basketball player. But despite that, I will say this. I think that we as sports fans are way too hard on people um, sometimes because Katie had the right to make that decision and he made it. It was a weak move competitively. But like Partha said, he got two rings out of it. The only two rings that he's had in his career. He tried to make the decision to go to Brooklyn. Look at how that worked out. Look at what's happening in Phoenix. Look at what happened in a... a, He needed needed And you got to think about the style of ball he plays. Like, I think he had curiosity because the Warriors style of basketball is so different from anything he's ever played before. So he wanted to experience what being on a winning team was like. And he's never really had that at that level. And then if you look at the style of Paul that he played in Brooklyn, like the reason he wanted to play with someone like Kyrie is because they just wanted one-on-one ISO possessions. Like these guys come from more of like a street ball kind of culture. Like they want to play, just show how good they are putting the ball in the basket. And then in the playoffs, they just want to be able to like will their team to a win. Like different players play for different reasons. So like, I feel like from the basketball, like, you know, like the comparing players perspective, like his decision wasn't aligned with that. But if I if if you think about it from the sense of a player like, OK, like there's a ceiling to the kind of play you're going to have with Russell Westbrook as your other guy, just because of the style of play Russell Westbrook has like for KD, who who wants to be like that guy and wants to see how much better he can get to. Like there's a definite ceiling with Westbrook because Westbrook was so ball dominant and still, you know, was like that was a big issue when he was with the Lakers, too. Right. And it's it, it just like didn't make sense, I think, for him to stay in that situation another year if he wanted to get better as a player. But I think he he got a lot better as a player when he went to Golden State and he got even better. I think he cemented his greatness that series, that first playoff run with Brooklyn when he was dropping like 45, 50 almost every single night. Like that's when the world said, like, this guy is that that guy right now. And he wouldn't and have gotten he, to that he, had he stayed. He took the the champion Milwaukee Bucks to seven games and literally was if he if he wore a size one eleven shoe if yeah. he wore a size eleven yeah. shoe one it, shot it was literally. literally this a quarter of his foot was over the line that made it a two pointer yeah. he he hit the game winning shot yeah. yeah it was just that his feet were too big right so. No, that's kind of ridiculous because, I mean, he had it. His feet weren't even too big is the funniest thing. It's his shoes that were too big around his feet because his feet were probably still like within like how close it was. He was probably like that was a fair shot, fair three, but just didn't count just because he was like had his I think him going to Phoenix is a good move because D books another one of those same types of players. But having somebody like Chris Paul, who's kind of aging, can't handle the scoring load anymore, but still has the skill to facilitate the entire pace of a game. And Chris Paul has like a kind of like finesse about the way he moves the entire defense with the way he plays. Like as long as he can even be somewhat on the court, he's going to be a dangerous, dangerous piece alongside Katie and Devin Booker. So I think like it's a good move for KD if he wants to play championship level basketball. 
but the the Suns really have to build their roster. Like they are they are completely gutted, and DeAndre Ayton is not the answer. They have to ship him for as many young assets as they can get. That can be both ways kind of guys. They don't even have to score. They just have to be great defenders and great role players. Right. Yeah. I mean, we uh, think that's a good way to close the episode. Um, you know, I think it was important to have an objective conversation about KD. Uh, I, I do feel like he's a guy that gets um, continues to get a lot of negative uh, negativity sent right. his way that I don't think he deserves. He made a decision almost eight, nine years ago that, yeah, you can question, um, but you can't question anything else about his character, his game, um, his business acumen. The only thing you can maybe criticize is his behavior on Twitter. Competitive nature. Yeah. And uh, yeah, his behavior on Twitter. Even his competitive nature he's pretty, is on he's been point. pretty funny it's this just year that too. One move. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's, I think he's fully. Yeah. I think he's fully like. He's a guy that's very comfortable being who he is. You know, what I mean, he does. Right. And, you know, he doesn't even feel the need to get a haircut, which is even. You know, that's badass. Stop. Yeah, that's badass. <laughs> he, he he yeah, dude. The memes are absolutely hilarious. I'm not gonna lie. But um, he is badass for it because he just embraces yeah. who he is, and he doesn't give. Yeah, it's like like anyone that room. Like he he completely like just owns himself, and that's that's yeah. Fire. It's like he doesn't care he, at all. He <laughs> is the person that Kyrie needs to be from a personality type to really be the person that Agreed. Kyrie is. Like KD really doesn't give a fuck what you think about him. He doesn't have to tell you he doesn't. Right. He just doesn't. And I think that's, that that's, that's probably that's, what drew Kyrie to him, to be honest, is like yeah. seeing like, oh, this guy gets the same kind yeah. of treatment I do, but he seems to be happy still. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so on that note, let's 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 see what happens in these uh these conference finals. Um looks nice. like we're gonna see Celtics Nuggets unless uh you know, the dark magic of Adam Silver and the NBA <laughs> officials where it's exactly <laughs> Adam Silver <laughs> but I, Adam Silver might need to do some alchemy to get the gold into the finals, you know what I mean? The purple and gold into the yeah, finals. I mean you need those I think LA Boston is gonna draw the highest ratings, right? So the NBA needs a the yeah. NBA needs a ratings uh champion. Um and I think Celtics oh, Lakers yeah. will also bring in um <clears throat> A lot of uh, a lot of uh, the majority of American public who doesn't tune into basketball as much, um, it could it could bring right. them back into the fold um, that they lost uh, they lost during the pandemic. Yep. Well, on that note, absolutely that wraps us up. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, tune in next week for us to uh, dive into how these seasons are going and talk about other news and notes and other topics. Pilot Boys out. Pilot Boys, we get on up. We gon' fly, boys, we get up. So high. Pilot Boys, we